What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode two of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixelpar. Hello. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing a ton of Pokemon news, rumors about Animal Crossing on Nintendo Switch, and discuss our impressions on the indie darling Undertale. So, uh, what's everybody been playing this week? Uh, I've been back into Fortnite, really. Um, season six came out and got the battle pass, and there's uh, all the, they've been doing all the challenges and stuff. Just getting back into that with friends. I've actually played crossplay with uh with a PlayStation person, which was interesting. Oh my god. I know. It was so <laughs> unusual. Uh but it was really cool. It was like a Switch player, an Xbox player, and a PS4 player all in the same party and it just works seamlessly. Oh my god. That's like so, poetry. Yeah. It's it's kind of strange how well matchmaking and voice chat and everything works within Fortnite, but Nintendo don't seemingly manage to do it in any of their games, which is a yeah. bit odd, but and other than that, I've been uh, playing a little bit more Undertale, um, which I'm still really enjoying. So, And uh, Pixel, you picked that game up as well this week. I did, yeah. I've just started playing Undertale. I think I've only played about an hour or so, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've played this past few days. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, am kind of in the same boat. We recorded last week's episode uh, late in the week, so I didn't have much time to play. I'm still still playing NES games, everybody, so... Uh, I promised you I would have Dragalia Lost Impressions for you this week. I have failed that promise, but <laughs> next week, I, re- I really promise I'll have them for you. I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like, I, we're episode two, I've already destroyed my credibility. Have you bought Undertale again on Switch? I haven't bought it yet, but I promise I will definitely jump into that again this week as well. Like I said, I just didn't have a lot of time to play games this week. So it was like kind of, you know, the, what little time I did have, I was just playing NES games. Okay, so, so don't buy Undertale until you've done the uh, mobile game. Otherwise, we'll never, <laughs> ever get to it. That's a realistic worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Undertale is a game that I will definitely get lost in right away. But the, the nice part is it's not that long. So, it, 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 you know, even if I did fall down that rabbit hole, probably only lasts like a weekend or so. <laughs> Spoilers, man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> What? You, that, is that that's really a spoiler? How long the game is? I have literally gone into the game knowing nothing yeah, about me it. T- yeah, me too. Who knows? You beat a, a 40-hour game in a weekend last time we talked about it, Pixel Par. So, I, you know, you beat Spider-Man in like three days. And you got 100%. That's like a 40 to 50-hour endeavor. Yeah. This game could be 100 hours for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we are going to talk about Undertale a bit more in uh, in the kind of the main topic section of the show. Uh, we wanted to do a little bit of a kind of a spoiler discussion. We thought it would be fun to do a bit of like a kind of a book club uh, vibe discussion around Undertale for the next few weeks while Steven Pixel play it for the first time. Before we get into that, though, we've got plenty of news to talk about this week. Uh, mostly centered around Pokemon, which is something I'm always excited to talk about. Uh, so let's let's start it off with the news that came out earlier this week about how handheld controls are going to work in Pokemon Let's Go. It's funny enough, we actually talked about this on last week's show. And then, like, almost, I think it was a day or so later, we finally got the announcement of, well, how exactly would the motion controls work in handheld mode? Well, turns out, uh, they don't. We now know who our first subscriber was, then. It was Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the, the Pokemon company's PR person is just like, wow, that's a great point. We haven't communicated that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Was it was was it Steve um, at EGX where they didn't know how handheld would work? Yeah, I I asked them. So the only way you could play at EGX was either with a Joy-Con or the the Pokeball Plus. And 
I asked multiple people, how do you play on handheld? And none of them knew. So it looks like they've confirmed now that you can catch a Pokemon just by, by pressing a button, basically. If memory serves, the, the way that I read the description of it was that you use, I believe, the la, the right stick to mm-hmm. like aim and like set your arc, and then you press A to throw the ball. And I think you can use left to just like move your camera around and pretend you have an AR. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised on. they didn't opt to use the touchscreen. I 100% thought that's how they were going to tackle it, exactly like Pokemon Go, where you can kind of spin the ball and flick it with your finger. That's that's honestly how I assumed it was going to work in handheld. So to be honest, it's a bit is uh, is good that they've kind of accounted for handheld, but I I kind of presumed and was expecting it to be more of a touchscreen based solution. Yeah, it seems more of an afterthought, doesn't it? Just yeah. kind of. Oh yeah, you just use the A button and the stick. It's fine. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't, I don't know about about you guys, but I mostly play my Switch in handheld mode, and I feel like whenever Nintendo has released those uh, statistics about that breakdown, it seems that people who play it in dock mode only are like in an extreme minority. So it's kind of weird that this this is their solution, and that there isn't a more touch-oriented version for it because you'd think that's how most people are probably going to play the game it's a pokemon game yeah it's releasing around like november anyway you know christmas time people aren't going to be sat at their uh, tvs are they they're going to have family rounds yeah people are going to be playing it in the corner hiding in their rooms maybe they're concerned about people trying to balance a switch in one hand and touch the screen at the same time yeah because something that i also remember reading was that uh if you if you move the switch too much while you have it in handheld mode it like will reactivate the motion controls basically so it doesn't seem like it's even a thing you can like toggle on or off it's like it's like the switch right like oh are you moving the switch right now then then it's in hand then you're gonna use the you know it's like (laughs) so it's it's, it's, very strange really know is don't play pokemon let's go on a bus (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess not (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know we'll We'll have more, you know, uh, insight on this, I think, closer to the game when more people have had hands-on time with it, because right now we have, you know, games journos trying to interpret Nintendo's, like, cryptic-ass PR uh, releases. So, yeah, no, no, it works in handheld mode, but only kind of. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, the game's right around the corner at this point, only about a month or so out. So, so which one are you getting? Eevee, because I was a blue boy. Eevee. Yeah, growing up. So um, it's got the same version exclusives as blue and everything. So I'm like, all right, well, that's where I got to go. Oh, has it? I, I played blue as well as a kid. I was oh, going to pick I, up the Pikachu. I didn't, know, I didn't know it was blue. Yeah, my boyfriend really wants to play as Pikachu with the Pikachu one. But he specifically had blue as a, as a kid. And he still plays it on the Game Boy Advance. It's the only game he's got. Steve, but... were you a blue or a red kid? I was a, a yellow kid. I never played oh, okay. until yellow. All right, you're one so of those guys. All that right. was my first one. My, my issue is just with people that started with red because they have a false sense of <laughs> superiority and they often like Charmander, who is the most basic of the starters. Thrown down that gauntlet. <laughs> so what was your starter Pokemon? Squirtle. Yeah. Steve? Oh, Pikachu, obviously. Yeah, Pikachu. <laughs> I, I, when I've gone back and played it, I picked Bulbasaur, I think. Respect. Respect. That's totally a legitimate choice. Wait, so Pixel, you were a Squirtle guy too? Yeah, definitely. This is why we're friends. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, so then also in Pokemon news, uh, similar to the, the Let's Go stuff, uh, it was the Pokemon Road Trip, mm. where we saw the Pokemon Company get these two ridiculous, like, buses with Eevee and Pikachu <laughs> art on them, and they're driving around, you know, America, showing people uh, the game, I guess. It's always America. America always gets a little drive-around event. We, we always get this the weird stuff like this, yeah. I, I wonder if it's just because we have such a good highway system. Like, it's super easy to travel across the states, like, quickly. Well, how, how quick do you think it is here? We're smaller than Texas. <laughs> Maybe that's why. There's not enough places to go for you guys. <laughs> you can drive the country in, like, a day. The, the road trip looks really cool. They've got, like, these two um, trucks with, like, Team Eevee and Team Pikachu, and you can pick what you want to do. Uh, it started off really strange, though. They got some random music artist jordan sparks who i'm i don't know i've never heard of jordan sparks <laughs> yeah she was she was there on she was there on saturday to kick everything off oh randomly that's the person they got so did, did she uh, have a pikachu costume on because if she didn't that was a missed opportunity <laughs> no all she had was a hat that was it <laughs> all right something they should uh they should get james brown to do the eevee truck that'd be perfect <laughs> How <laughs> get up, I'll get on up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh if if you're in the States like I am and uh you're interested in being involved in the Pokemon road trip, uh you know, we'll link somewhere where you can uh go check out the um <laughs> the uh the stop list and uh get involved. How in depth is that? Stop this! I know they're only going to six more lo or six or seven more locations. Like I don't know American geography enough to know whether they're in a decent number of locations or not. Well, they're going to San Francisco, Seattle, Dallas, Topeka, Kansas, which they're going to because that's apparently where they launched Red and Blue. Chicago, Boston, and New York. So that's pretty good. I mean, like that's. I mean, it's not exactly, like, the entire United States or anything, but, like, uh, California and Washington are West Coast, Texas, Kansas, and Illinois are all more, like, Central, and then Boston and New York are the two biggest cities on the East Coast. So, mm -hmm. it's pretty good. I mean, I, f I feel like you're hitting a ton of major metropolitan areas, and then also hitting, you know, like, like Topeka's not a major destination or anything like that but that's like a good compromise i feel like if you're in the middle of the country yeah it's uh it's interesting that the new york um date is the actual launch day they're they're doing a midnight launch event and you can go play it at midnight so it's kind of a it's kind of a you know short straw if you're in new york you don't get to play it early but you know you can go to the launch event at midnight. Yeah, which is cool. You know, like, especially, like, in a place like New York City, like, you gotta imagine there's gonna be pretty good turnout. So I, I imagine just going to that event would be a lot of fun in the same mm -hmm. way that, like, I don't know, I, I always love going to get a Pokemon game on midnight releases because it's always fun to, like, stand in the crowd, you know, and, like, have that moment of, like, yeah, like, I got the first one, <laughs> I got the second one. I remember with Sun and Moon, I was the first dude out of the store with it, and I was just like, huzzah! Just ran out of the mall. <laughs> so are they taking the Pokemon trucks to Nintendo New York? Or are they yes, doing it separately? Oh, okay. You'd think they'd just do it in store, wouldn't you? No, according to the press release, those trucks are going everywhere. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, moving right along, uh, there was another little bit of, I mean, what seems like Pokemon news, uh, where uh, we got the trademark for something called Monpoke. 
I don't really know much besides it's been trademarked. Um, it's got four Pokeballs, Mon Poke, and that's pretty much it. They've seemed to register it in a whole load of categories, so it could be applicable to anything and everything. Yeah, and it says it says there's like four four pages worth of stuff that they trademarked it for. Yeah, so like even like listing it off would be like it would take we'd be reading just industries for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an odd one though, isn't it? It could. It could be something to do with the upcoming game, not Let's Go, the next one. It could be a kind of a new spin-off game, who knows? It doesn't seem like it's going to be a game to me. It probably feels like some kind of offshoot or like a product. Like, what did it mean, like Monster Pocket? Well, it is It is registered uh, in the video game category as well. Hmm. So. I, I, wonder, I wonder if it's in that category, like, for, like, safekeeping or like you know just because it is like a video game property but i i also got the impression just by looking at you know the uh and we'll link to this down below if you want to check it out for yourself but um you you mentioned like the four colored pokeballs you know like with the logo Mm. it kind of looks like a fashion logo to me yeah like i i want i'm wondering if it's gonna be like a pokemon like you know like like lifestyle brand kind of thing that would be interesting if if they did it as kind of a um, clothing brand or something similar to that, and then the video game side could relate to how Splatoon has like their in-game brands as well. Yeah, they could do that within the Pokemon game. Yeah, like how interesting would it be if you like <clears throat> bought like Mon Poke clothing or whatever that you could then scan a QR code and like your character could wear the same shirt that you bought in real life or something like That'd that. Be really clever. Yeah, and I, I feel like as far as like video games are concerned, I feel like Pokemon is one of the brands where this makes the most sense. Something like this, like, there's obviously a huge fan base of Pokemon fans, but there's also, like, a really well-established iconography and 800-plus commercially printable characters that you can put on stuff. And I, I, I feel like it would be, like, just looking at the design here, it kind of reminds me of that, like, trend I feel like you've seen in video game t-shirts and, like, wall art and stuff in recent years where it's, like, design-oriented, not, like, logo. Not, like, here's a Pokemon mm. logo and a picture of Pikachu. It's, like, here's, like, a really nice artistic shot of Pikachu on, like, a nice muted yellow shirt, you know? Like, I wonder if it'll be more stuff like that. Maybe. It, again, we're just gonna have to wait and see. I think you may you may be spot on, though. Uh, we'll be in- it'll be interesting to see. Like, just, just looking at it, that's the first impression that I got. So, if yeah, I'm right... Yeah, totally makes sense. I'm Nostradamus, but otherwise, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens on this one. <laughs> I mean, when you consider the the Let's Go stuff and you can um, customize your Pokemon that follows you around, giving it a haircut and putting clothes and things on it, I think it does make sense. But the the it's not the first time they've done like Nintendo themed clothing. They did was it? I think it was Uniqlo. They yeah, did it with it like, in yeah, 2017. Yeah, for the 30th anniversary, they had it, it was exactly mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I'm talking about, where it was like all like fancy prints and like more you know artsy kind of collage shirts and stuff those were hot like there was some really yeah, nice were. stuff in that collection uh it was just like a little too rich for my blood like i i, I they had a booth at uh comic-con new york comic-con that year and i was just like do i want to spend all of my comic-con budget right now on this nintendo swag yes <laughs> yes should yeah. i <laughs> probably not i should probably save money in case i need to eat like <laughs> you can just eat your shirt it's fine <laughs> that defeats the whole purpose <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a part of you you take it everywhere it'd be fine uh, and then uh 
thankfully, for the sake of this recording, we got another hot rumor that uh, broke this this morning, but uh, we were the ones to break it, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's the first time we've done this on this podcast. But uh, there's the news that Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch could be headed for a Q1 2019 release. We're, you know, we're not at liberty to discuss where where we got this information from, but uh, we published it. So, you know, you can you can probably take it to the Tom Nook Bank and deposit <laughs> some bells on this one. But uh, I, this is an insanely exciting announcement for me. Uh, I... I love Animal Crossing. I cannot wait to get my hands on Animal Crossing Switch. And the idea that it's like a Q1 or even like a Q, you know, early Q2 game is just, yeah, like, let's let's go. I'm so excited for that. I think it's really interesting because um, after we published that, a lot of people were commenting on social networks and stuff. And uh, Stealth on Twitter pointed out that if this does release in, say, late March, early April, well, late March especially, it would definitely help Nintendo hit that 20 million sales target of hardware. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you consider that Nintendo's big franchises are what? Mario, Smash Brothers, Pokemon, and Animal Crossing. Those are the four that move fucking consoles that, that and that sell like bananas numbers, you know? Not to discredit the value of IP like Zelda or whatever, but they don't... Zelda doesn't sell like these games sell. Usually. No, Zelda doesn't usually sell well in Japan, does it? The last one did, but usually it doesn't. Yeah, it's definitely more popular in the West. Those four titles are really the big, you know, like heavy hitters, like the pillars of Nintendo is trying to sell you a console. And the fact that Mm. we already got Odyssey, obviously, Um, we have a 2D Mario coming out on the horizon, which traditionally sell better than 3D Mario games. We have a Pokemon game this fall. We've got a Smash game this winter. Having this in, you know, early winter or spring, yeah, like you're you're just lining up the dominoes, man, you know, and just and then we've got the apparently the full fledged real Pokemon game in 2019 as well. Like, can you imagine what the Switch sales numbers are going to look like by the end of 2019 if that's all true? Well, you've got so many games coming out in 2019 as well. You've got the Luigi's Mansion 3 coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, where's Pikmin? That's been in development for infinite amount of years. Yoshi just got pushed through that window. Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Which is another system seller, like, not on that same level, but Fire Emblem's a big deal, too. Then then you've got games like, what, Metroid, which is scheduled for some point. That's gotta be next year. They announced that last year, so it's gotta be next year, this point. I reckon E3. I, I, I think we'll get, we're gonna see it at E3, but I think we might, I think that might be a 2020 game, mm-hmm. honestly, just because they announced it, but it was, like, just a logo. You know, like, we haven't even seen footage of it. We don't even know, yeah. like, who's working on it, do we? We know it's not retro but I don't, we don't know who is actually making it, do we? But we've only seen a logo of Animal Crossing, and mm. now that's potentially scheduled for Q1 2019. They're, they're not averse to, like, announcing a game, showing a logo, and then wanging out a direct later on to announce everything and then say, oh, it's coming out in a couple of months' time. I think they did that sim- similarly with uh, Super Mario Odyssey. They kind of kept that quite close to their chest and revealing info right up to the kind of release date. And everyone was like, when are we going to find out more information about this? Is it going to be delayed? And nope, here's the direct. It's coming out in, an, in a month or two. Yeah, you're definitely right on that one. I think, I guess the reason I was thinking of Animal Crossing in a different light is because we did get the teaser you know, like, and that's not in-game footage, obviously, but it was, like, something more substantial than what we got from Metroid Prime 4, you know? But you're you're right. Like, they, they do have a 
a history of doing that, it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility that that's a next year game. Uh, I think 2019 is going to be mad for releases. Dude, and the craziest thing is that I remember saying last year, I was like, 2017 is the best year in video games since 1997. And then 2018 has given it a fucking real serious run for its money. And it looks like 2019 has no signs of slowing down. Like, especially if you're a Nintendo fan, there's uh, there's stuff we're, we're probably not even thinking of. You know, and then like, not to mention all the games that are just not even announced, you know, that we don't know about because they're... Mm. We you know we couldn't know about them yet, like that's insane. And like Town right is supposedly coming out in 2019. Yeah. Like there's so much, there's so much on the horizon. Bay- Bayonetta three, when's that coming out? Probably 2019. Like, well they were they were teasing <laughs> that they were going to be showing something at uh, the Games Awards, right? I think yeah, so. I and Nintendo always and, has a presence there. And Reggie with his Metroid shirt on. You know, we, we saw Bayonetta 3 there last year. We could potentially see more Metroid Prime info there yeah, this year. That would be I mean, exciting. it could be coincidental that he's wearing a Metroid t-shirt. Um, but, you know, I like reading into things. I mean, <laughs> Stranger Things, right? Like, a lot of times those shirt choices are kind of broadcasting something. Uh, so, I think, yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good guess. So, we'll have to see. Obviously, we'll update you on that one. But uh, just in terms of Animal Crossing... Um, what is your excitement level on this one, guys? Like, obviously, I'm a big Animal Crossing guy. Steven, I think you're a fan of the games as well. I love it, yeah. Yeah. Pixel, are you... Do you have any relationship to Animal Crossing? Uh, I, I've played it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge, huge fan. I do enjoy the games. Do you think you'll play this one? Yeah, I'll end up playing it, but it won't be a top-tier list for me like sure. a Zelda game would. It's, it's one that I'll pick up when I've got less games to play. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> Do you like this genre of game? Like, did you play Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley or anything like that? So I have Stardew Valley. Um, I played it for a bit. It got a bit tedious for me, though. It's it's not really my genre okay. of game, but um, I, I still give them a shot because, you know, they're good games. I, li- I like to see what the fuss is about. I, I really like games like that um, as kind of like a like side piece. I don't usually make one of those my primary game, but like I've played stardew valley off and on for the last like year like ever since it came to switch as just like uh it's time for me to get ready to go to sleep but i'm not quite ready like i'm too tired to keep playing something that's like twitchy or like you know skill focused but like i'm totally down for this like nice light experience to unwind you know um and that's wrap wrap up in a blanket with dark souls yes Mm. exactly (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's what i'm kind of most looking forward to with animal crossing like with uh new leaf that was a game like i used to play on my lunch break you know when it was like ah just like want something that's like nice and relaxing and you know not gonna keep my stress levels high on a a period (laughs) where i'm supposed to be unwinding well yeah you're gonna you're gonna have to play that at lunch times because all the shops close otherwise you can't play that when you're in bed or you won't be able to go go see See the shops. Unless I unless I can uh, pull some voodoo and change my switch clock or whatever, like you used to be oh, able to God. do back in the day. That that combined <laughs> with, I mean, it's going to be a game that's going to be blacklisted from cloud saves, no doubt, oh, uh, yeah. because of that. Which is horrible, though, because like Animal Crossing is a number one game you should have cloud saves for. Because if you lose your save, you'll never play that game again. Yeah, well, that um, Splatoon 2, you lose your rank, and Pokemon, if you've caught, like, 149 of the 150 or 151 Pokemon, you're going to be devastated if that save goes. Yeah. And you can't back that up either. Which is tragic. Uh, It's a really weird one, especially with, like, Splatoon 2, though, because 
they're not doing it so people can't hack the save files, right? Yeah, well, the the point was that you couldn't rank down and then reload a save mm-hmm. where you were a higher rank. Because yeah, I was going to say because Splatoon's so heavily you know hacked already. Yeah. Yes, the the save file being enabled or disabled makes little to no difference, right? Yeah, I mean the the reason is, uh, is if you go into a, a ranked match, you can be close to like going up from rank A to rank A plus. But then the the like VAR will crack and you'll lose all your rank and you'll be back down to like a B plus or back at the bottom of A. If they had cloud saves, you could just download your cloud save back up and you, you, your rank's re-enabled. But what seems so strange to me is that's not saved server side. Why is your rank yeah. and all of that stuff not associated to your Nintendo account? Let's say pretty much every other online game works. Can't you access your rankings through the smartphone app as well? Yes. Yeah. So surely keeping it server side would be... It, it must already be kept server side because you can see how much paint you splattered, like your rank, your previous matches, and the scores you got. So all of that data must be being saved server side, but they're using for some reason the local save file as the definitive version. <laughs> so weird, like uh, yeah, Nintendo. Speaking of Splatoon, uh, moving into the out this week section where we're going to tell you about uh, some of the games we're most excited about coming to Nintendo platforms this week. Splatoon's 4.1 update is actually out this week. Uh, it dropped on October 3rd, so as of the time you're listening to this, it's already ready and raring to go. Um, but there's a the last new stage coming to the game. Skipper Pavilion, there's some new weapons, new music. So, you know, if you're a Splatoon fan, you know what to expect from these, these updates at this point. Um, if you're not, uh, this is probably the last time that it's worth jumping into the game. Honestly, because, you know, how much longer is it going to be before we get that Splatoon 3 announcement or there'll be other games to play online. I feel like this is probably going to be the last big influx of Splatoon 2 players. So if you've been waiting, if you haven't played the game yet for whatever reason, if you're looking for a reason to get back into it, this is probably your your moment. It's really sad, though, that we've got the Splatoon, the final Splatoon update just after they charge everyone to play the game. And it, it's, it's really going to just cut people off from going you know what yeah i'll check it out there's a new update when you've if you haven't got switch online you're gonna have to pay for that as well yeah it's that extra gate and that extra hurdle you've got to go through now when you can just play fortnite it's free and you haven't got to pay for it you haven't got to pay for switch online you can just go straight in yep and it's more popular right like statistically Mm -hmm. speaking you're you have friends that play fortnite right like whereas if you want a Splat Squad and you don't have friends that are already playing, you've got to convince people to play with you again, or you've got to convince people to go pick it up. And yeah, I think I think you're right. It is kind of a shame that they made it so close to having online be free for the entire life cycle of the game and uh, just missed it by that much. <laughs> they, they must be stacking up some online games for future, right? If things like Splatoon 2, they're coming to their end of life now. What are going to be the kind of 2019 big online games to push the service? Yeah. I mean, I you got to think Splatoon 3 is coming at some point. Yeah. Next year, do you reckon? No, I think that'll be a 2020 game. They can't put it in with everything else we've discussed next year. Oh, yeah, it can't be next year. No way. Can you imagine that as like the surprise E3 reveal? Right, Splatoon 3, it's here. Oh, my God. What are we? I don't have enough money, Nintendo. Slow down. <laughs> I mean, it could be a new IP, like Arms and Splatoon were new IPs. We could maybe be getting another one. I don't know where they would go. I don't think anyone predicted Splatoon or Arms would come from Nintendo. Sure. Dude, I would love that. I I wish they would develop more new IP, um, because every time they do... Like, when's the last time Nintendo, like, introduced an IP 
that wasn't successful except for like Mitomo. What's wrong? What was wrong with Mitomo? It just didn't <laughs> pop off. Nothing was wrong with it per se. <laughs> but you know, you think about it, like the last new Nintendo franchise before Splatoon was freaking Pikmin. You know, like we had such a long gap between meaningful new IP from them and. uh We've got Sushi Strikers. That's a new one. Is that owned by Nintendo? I didn't know that was like developed in house. I'm not sure. I thought it was a Nintendo owned franchise. I'm going to pull that one up because I I thought that was like a second party situation. In terms of online stuff, we've got uh, Smash Brothers. That's going to be online for a while anyway. Um, I I mean, I don't know if Animal Crossing have an online aspect to it where you go and visit other people's towns. You could potentially implement that and require people to pay for online for that. The town could have some online um, functionality. The next Pokemon could have online functionality. I think that's guaranteed. Animal Crossing could integrate with the uh, the Pocket. I forgot what's called my Pocket Camp app. Oh, Pocket Camp, yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah, I just looked up Sushi Striker, and it is developed and published by Nintendo. Okay. Oh, great. and what about Snipper Clips? That wasn't developed by them. They sniped that from an event. Oh, it's good though. This was this is a I think a somewhat similar situation because it's it's developed and published by Nintendo. Moon right along. Uh, we also got Super Mario Party out this week, uh, Friday the fifth. So it'll be out tomorrow if you're listening to this on the day this drops. I this is one I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I feel like uh, the press for it has been pretty positive. I just. Really don't want it to be a uh, Mario Tennis Aces situation where I'm like, this looks great. Looks like the franchise is back. I'm buying day one. And then there's just something little wrong with it, you know? Like, I (laughs) I really hope this is a real return to form for Mario Party because I miss it. And I want a good one. Uh, From what I've played, it was, I think you're going to be happy with it. And that they're not all in some random car thing moving around a board. So I think we're going to be all right. (laughs) (sighs) Thank God. So, uh, Pixel, you're uh, you're not a Mario Party guy, right? No, I've never played a uh, Mario Party game before. Wow. So, can can we can I get you right now on the spot to commit to to buying this one and playing it with us? Mm, yeah, right then. You know, we're all yes! in the same location. We'll just play it there, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like this is the perfect excuse for a trip, guys. You, come on, <laughs> come to the states. We'll go track down the Pokemon bus. We'll play some Mario Party. We'll we'll make a weekend of it. <laughs> you have no idea how upset my dad was when he found out that it was not online. He was close to buying a Switch so me and him and my mum could play Mario Party together. That's how much he loves these games. That's adorable. <laughs> Is there no online? There's only online to play mini games. You can't play like a, a, a board match, like the standard game, which is okay. a shame because I think that's what most people want. Yeah. Yeah. That is unfortunate. But I can understand you want to be in the same room. That's the encouragement of the Mario Party. It's always been a split screen game. So Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, Mario Party is, I think, like undeniably the best party game that's ever been made because it's essentially just a board game and like... I don't think there's any game series that's better for like sitting around with a couple of friends and like having a drink, you oh, know? Because it's like you play Jackbox. Jackbox is a is really good. <laughs> that's really true. I I love Jackbox, but I I think like the thing that's nice about Mario Party is like you get downtime. Yeah. You know, like if you like want to like go to the bathroom or something, or like mix yourself another drink or whatever. Like there are stretches of time where like you're not ruining the game mm-hmm. by not you know, directly being involved, you can hop up and run off real quick, 
you know? And, like, I, th- I think it's, like, nice for that. It's easy to, like, stop and go. Like, don't get me wrong. Jack- Jackbox Party Packs are all awesome, but they're very, like, they're quick. They're very time-oriented. You got to be paying attention the whole time. Like, you know, um, very hectic, but... Yeah, I think my main go-to for, like, a party game or a game at parties is always kind of Smash Bros. Hell yeah. That's good for that, too, because it's one of those ones where, like, matches are really quick. You know, like, you can you can play a hundred Smash matches in, like, you know, a couple hours. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, so this this is an exciting one. Uh, apparently, we're all getting it now. You heard it here first, so... <laughs> Uh, expect uh, some kind of video or something about it. I, I just really need to figure out who I'm going to play as because Toadette's not available, so I'm still devastated about that, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. Have they announced all the characters? They've not all been revealed yet, so uh, we don't know for certain, but there's the standard Mario, Luigi, Wario. You can actually play as Waluigi, so you know, if you're... <laughs> reeling he... from him being excluded from super smash brothers you could pick up yeah. super mario party and play it there uh and I, I think rosalina and yoshi are both in it yeah and bowser bowser shy guy i think there is a shy guy actually yeah because i think there's one or two other like kind of gen- generic like mob kind of characters like that as well but um yeah so one one oh you got a shy guy figure look at that <laughs> i love shy guy <laughs> I think my favorite thing is I loved in, uh, like, the Yoshi's uh, Island games where they just had them all in, like, the the random different colors and stuff, you know? I'm just like, man, I like this. These Shy Guys, they got fashion, you know? (laughs) I don't think Shy Guys even from Mario, is he? No, they were from Doki Doki, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, Doki Doki Panic. They kind of just adopted him into the uh, Mario franchise now. (laughs) So next up on the list is Goosebumps the Game. Coming out uh, this Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, who, 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 yeah, Steve, you put this one on the docket? I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was a brand that I recognized when, from when I was a kid, so I thought, you know, well, I've heard of Goosebumps. <laughs> it looks like one of those generic hidden objects games, but it apparently promises to unveil, like, one of, I think it's R.L. Stein's stories. Yeah. I think there's a few of them in there, so. Some, oh, someone wow. Steve, you'll be reviewing that one, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> please do. Can we please can we please get a live stream of Steve playing through the Goosebumps <laughs> game? Because <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then uh, next up is Mark of the Ninja Remastered, uh, 2D action stealth platformer, also coming out on Tuesday. Um, I've never heard of Mark of the Ninja. You've never heard of Mark of the Ninja? No. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. I played it on PC a while ago. Yeah? Um, it's by the guys that did Don't Starve, Clay Entertainment. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like a 2D right. stealth ninja game. Um, it's really good. I'll check it out then. I mean, I'm, I'm always down for a good uh, action platformer and, yeah. you know. Stealth in, in platforming is always interesting to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm down to give that a shot. You, you took my Undertale recommendation, so I, I feel like I owe you one now. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> worth it. It's definitely worth it. Awesome. Uh, and then next up is uh, Disgaea 1 Complete, uh, coming out on Tuesday in North America. If you guys are in uh, Europe, though, it's going to be dropping on the 12th. It's a uh, classic JRPG. If you know anything about JRPGs, you've heard of Disgaea. Um, you know, re-released to celebrate the 15th anniversary of the series. So, yeah, if you're into, you know, classic old-school JRPGs, definitely one to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I, I, want, I wonder if they're kind of re-releasing this on the Switch to kind of gauge the popularity. We had, num- we had number five of the series, but 
maybe if number one's pop proves to be popular, we'll see two, three, and four as well come to the to come to the Switch, which is you know only going to be a good thing. I think um, JRPGs uh, have their following, and the more the better. Yeah. Are you big uh, on your JRPGs, Steve? Only some. The ones I really like are Persona. I really love Persona and Shin Megami Tensei. When that comes to the Switch, I'll definitely be nice. That. I mean, that's potentially coming 2019 as well. We haven't heard any more about that since it was announced. That's true. Also, there's been there's been those rumors floating around of the idea of like them doing a uh, like you know, not what would it be like Persona Five Platinum? You know, like they had like uh, Persona Four Golden. Yeah, uh, I can't see that. That's leaving the PlayStation. I I don't think soon. But I, 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 you know, it's like, I don't, I doubt that Sony paid for a, like, indefinite exclusivity, you know? I don't think they were, like, partnered on it. I think it was just, like, that's the platform they chose to bring it to. And, I mean, the Switch, the Switch is a, is a thing now, you know? And, like, you got to think, a Persona, Persona 5 port on Switch would probably do gangbusters, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. And if it was there, I might have actually finished the game, but I got 75 hours into it, and I was yeah. like, I do not want to sit in front of this and read more <laughs> yep. on my TV. I got 20 hours in and, like, wasn't even done with, like, you know, like, um the, the palaces. You know, if you know anything about Persona. Like, I got through the first one and was like, I've spent 20 hours on you this game. You only did the there. first one. Wow, you have a yeah. lot more to go. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, there are seven more of these. Like, I, nope, done. Where if, <laughs> if it was on Switch, I would definitely finish it because I could jump in jump out you know because like the big problem was every time i wanted to play persona it was like a gamble of like okay are they gonna let me save in the next three hours or no uh yeah that was always irritating or are they gonna make me watch a half hour of anime they never sold that with (laughs) persona 4 golden on the vita either that had the same save problem you could turn the vita off in standby mode but there was no guarantee that it was going to be saved which was always irritating i think that's the one thing that would like set it aside for me on Switch would just be that I could I could suspend it and put it in sleep mode and like if I want to play a different video game I could play it on my PS4 or whatever and not have to be like oh no I've got to play for two more hours before I'm allowed to do anything else. <laughs> uh, so that's good. that wraps it up for uh, stuff coming to Nintendo platforms this week. So uh, if any of these games were interesting to you, uh, make sure you pick them up and let us know what you thought about them. And there are a myriad of ways you can do that. So uh, if you wanna. It's right into us and have your thoughts right on the air or let us know what you're playing this week. Uh, you can hit us up at potscast at loopots.com or get us at loopots on social media. So let us know what you're thinking and uh, what, what games you're excited for. So uh, we've got kind of like, they're like two, two little main topics this week, you know? Um, so like we, we teased at the top, uh, we will be doing our um, book club discussion on Undertale. But before that, uh, we're going to talk about a... Uh, a topic that's been on our minds a bit lately, which is uh, alternative controllers and uh, how we feel about some of them, you know, and, and what is your preferred way to play like 2D games? Because I think of the problems with the Nintendo Switch, uh, of which there are a few, the D-pad is an obvious one. I think anybody who's a platformer fan is not a huge fan of that that D-pad four button situation. Um, so we've seen a number of alternatives pop up in uh you know the almost two years we've sent with nintendo switch uh 8-bit dough is probably the most well-known one but we also got the official nes controllers there's the hori d-pad controller which you know i think is pretty infamous at this point um we've seen adapters like mayflash which allow you to use the xbox one and ps4 controller so there's a ton of different options out there 
But, um, I, I, you know, Steve kind of wanted to jump into this and talk a little bit about, you know, which of these options are the most attractive to us and, and what our kind of preferred way to play 2D games is. So, Steve, why don't you kick off the discussion? Yeah, I mean, I wanted, it came about because I've been playing a lot of Undertale and prior to that, Hollow Knight. And those games, Hollow Knight in particular, you definitely need the more precise control and the stick just wasn't doing it for me. So I tried playing it on the Pro Controller, but my D-pad is crap. I don't know if it's just on mine or if it's a thing on all Pro Controllers that when I go right... Yeah, it's, it's a thing. It like goes They're up. Just... Yeah, so, they're just—it's so stiff. It's awful. So, um, I'm—I've been looking for kind of an alternative controller because I—I I think I prefer playing these like 2D games with a D-pad. So I've ordered the Hori D-pad controller, and I'm going to be writing a review of that on the on Loopbox.com. So if if you want to check that out, it'll, we'll put a link in the show notes, and it it might be up prior to this um this being out. If not, it'll be up fairly soon after that but i wanted to know if you guys had used anything else or if if there's a preferred way that you play um if you if you just stick with the sticks if you can bear to live with that or if you if you have reached out for an alternative controller um i've really been shopping for one because i i love the switch pro controller i think it's a great controller but the d-pad is not good and the um the button situation on on the Joy Cons is just not it's not it's not tenable. You know, like it's not something that I can use for skill based platformers. Like trying to play Celeste with those buttons is like impossible. You know? Like you need the precise nature of the D pad and you also need the ability to like glide between them, you know, and like adjust your trajectory as you're falling and stuff like that. So for me I've just had to use the stick. You know, and, like, I, I've just kind of defaulted to getting comfortable with the stick for either the Pro Controller or the uh, the Joy-Con. But I've been eyeing the uh, the 8 BitDo controllers for a while. They have a couple options that are super attractive. Um, you kind of specifically called out the N30 Pro 2. And I think that's probably the most popular one right now. Yeah, I mean, the N30 Pro is at the N30 Pro 2 is coming soon. If you if you click on the link I posted in there... Oh, so what is the Pro, I, the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, I can't... It's just basically a redone version of that. I can't decide between the 6 edition or the C edition, and you'll see what they are when you when you click through to the link. I really like... I think I really like the C edition, which is like a GameCube-themed yeah. controller with the yellow sticks and the purple that you got with the GameCube. Yeah, the that's really The 6 edition cool. is... Um, like the N64, where you've got the the uh, blue and green A and B buttons, and then X and Y yellow. Yeah, I've I've been like, I don't know, like on the fence about it for so long. Like I follow Eight uh, Bitdo on Instagram, and like almost every day, it's just like, man, that's a nice controller. <laughs> so I I think I'll bite the bullet on one of these eventually. It's just a matter of like having. I think it's going to just be a matter of one that's good coming out when I have expendable income, mm-hmm. you know, where there's not a game I'd rather get or something or something else that I it's tougher to justify when it's like, give me a drought and a good review for one of these things and I'm, I'll am i buy it. Yeah, I mean, these are still cheaper than the Nintendo NES controllers that only work with the NES, NES games. games. And they've actually got sticks and they're actually going to be usable. So I, I, I'm interested in getting one. Um, what about you, anyway, PixelPod? Do you use any other kind of controller, or are you just 
standard. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a connoisseur of dodgy knockoff controllers, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I buy them off AliExpress, like the um, fake Switch Pro controller. Okay, how's that working? Yeah, it's actually all right. Um, it's near identical to the original, to be fair. Really? There's no HD rumble. Ah, they, did they copy the D-pad as well? They did copy the D-pad. It's just as dodgy as the original one. This was your chance to fix it. <laughs> yeah, they certainly didn't fix the uh, D-pad at all. Wait, real quick. We actually have a, a video on our YouTube channel all about that, where you do a breakdown of the comparison, right? Yeah, so there's an article on lootpots.com where I tear down the fake one. Okay, cool. And the video on YouTube is kind of a um, visual comparison. Well, I will link to both of those down below if you want to get that information for yourself and see Pixel uh, pick them apart. To be fair, I don't really use the D-pad on any games. I tend to use the analog sticks whenever I'm playing. Wow. Really? Yep. Like like on purpose? Yeah, on purpose. Wow. Huh. So what why do you why is that the way you play? I don't know. Maybe it's just ingrained in my mind from like PS1 days, but no matter what game I'm playing, like Hollow Knight, I generally use the analog sticks rather than the D-pad to go through. I mean the PlayStation huh. D-pad was horrific, so that's <laughs> probably part of the reason. <laughs> yeah to be fair i do use the four buttons on the joy-con controllers the it's not a d-pad but the, the d-pad on those when the analog sticks really feel completely wrong yeah that's kind of been my strategy with the switch specifically i was always kind of a d-pad guy but um yeah you know it's just like a compromise i had to make yeah <laughs> it's it's unfortunate because i really wish it had the same d-pad as like the the playstation vita because that yeah, D-pad that is, is like, great D-pad. it's like butter. It's so easy. You know, it's like, it's just so, it's so responsive and the buttons are super close together. So it's really easy to like do the glide and, and get two of them or whatever, like a real quick quarter circle, like that kind of thing. It's, oh, love that. Love that, the, that I think is the best D-pad Sony's ever made. Because on the PlayStation 4 controller, it's the same four separate buttons underneath the plastic rather than the Vita. Yeah. It looks like that. That's more of like a disc style one, but I really like the Xbox One's D-pad. It's very clicky. I I don't like the Xbox D-pad. I actually prefer the Sony one. Um, Interesting. Because I know it's the four separate buttons, but if you push on them, they're they're on a disc. Like they rotate. Yeah, they so are. It's like, but they feel spongy to me. I, they they do, but like I don't know. Like I don't need the click to like get like I I like clicky. Um, what are they? Uh, the Shoulder analog buttons. Triggers. Yeah. yeah, like I want the the analog triggers to have some click, but for my D pad, like I don't I don't need it just because like I feel the the feedback. You know, like if it's a good D pad, you feel the indent, like you feel when it presses all the way in, or when you're kind of just leaning on it, and like that's kind of enough for me anyway. So for you guys, listening to the audio, Pete just held his PS4 controller out in front of him, rapidly pressing the analog buttons in what I can only assume was an attempt to recreate a scene from the Lion King. <laughs> I tell you what I saw on AliExpress um, the other day. It's the first... I was looking through the fake Switch Pro controllers and found one that's the first third-party controller to be released that actually supports Amiibos. So it's got the NFC functionality actually built into it. Oh. So, yeah, there's not been another one prior to that that's had NFC built in. That's really cool. Does the um, fake Pro controller you have have motion control and all of that stuff? Yeah, the fake Switch Pro controller I picked up, it had motion controls built in. Okay. But um, they're just as good as the original I compared the two. 
but it only has standard rumble motors in it. It doesn't have HD rumble. Yeah, I that's mean, that's really cool. I, I think the rumble's going to be the one thing I miss from the the Hori D-Pack Joy-Con. Yeah, is it, like I can live with it not being wireless because I never ever take the Joy-Cons off because when it's plugged into my TV, I use my Pro Controller. Um, but not having rumble on one side of the console, but only but it will still rumble on the other side. Is, I think it's going to feel a bit weird. But we'll see how it goes. I don't think Undertale's got any rumble. No, it doesn't. I haven't noticed any. So I think mm. I'll be alright there. I well, you know what? Actually, I don't know because I played it on PC, so I can't say. Did your <laughs> desktop start rumbling across the table as you played it? No, you know it didn't. <laughs> what would rumble features in a mouse even be? That would be insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh there's yeah. bound to be some like leap gaming mouse of like all sorts of LEDs and motors going absolutely bananas on the desk somewhere. <laughs> But like, can you imagine, like, your reticle would be, like, going crazy, you know? If, like, you're, like, playing FPS and there's, like, <laughs> if they did, If they did, like, force feedback mouse buttons, like the force feedback triggers on the Xbox One, that could work quite well. I could go be. for that. That'd be about the only thing I'd want in the mouse. But uh, I, I am interested to hear your review of the Hori D-Pad, Steve, because that was one that I, I thought about for a long time, but the whole, um, like, charging issue kind of turned me off so yeah i mean uh, they say that's been fixed now in 6.0 but we'll see uh if my switch i wake up one morning it's drained the hori d control is going in the bin <laughs> so hopefully they fix the issue did you pick up one of the mario or zelda design hori pads or just the basic blue one in the uk the only ones we have are the super mario one and the zelda one i've got the zelda one which is like a transparent black plastic okay with like some gold print over the top, I I would have preferred the blue one to be honest, but we'll see. I'll, like uh, I'll post some pictures on the article and people can make their decision. Yeah, that was kind of like my big complaint with it was like, oh man, I really I wish that there was like a more plain version. You know, if you, if like... you go on Play Asia or eBay or Amazon, you can get the imported one that's blue. Uh, but at least at least it looks like it matches the game like at least it matches yeah. the mario odyssey and it matches zelda it's not like the smash brothers one where it's just got a white stripe on it so <laughs> at least at least it's a marked improvement on that pay for the custom controller with a sick line through it <laughs> i find it really odd because the hori joy-con is only one joy-con so you're gonna have two that look really weird together I'm not sure why they didn't do a um, a decal or like a silicone cover to match the design for the other one. Yeah. yeah. It would have made so much more sense rather than it being odd. I don't know why they wouldn't just imitate the colors for the most common Joy-Cons. Like, I know that's a little less sexy, but like, I would rather have one that matches my Switch than one that's just like a random color, you know? Like, I use the blue ones, like, do like the light blue and that hot red or like the gray, like, you know? The thing that probably every like every switch owner has one or the other. You I know? wonder if I wonder if it was kind of a licensing issue where they weren't allowed to use the same colours as the original ones. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're missing functionality, so Yeah, I mean the blue yeah. they used in Japan's nice though. It is a solid blue, the same plastic. I, I, rather than this translucent plastic that they're using on the UK and um North American releases. I like the matte finish you know it's like a, i like the the way well, that feels how, in your how does the matte finish how does your matte finish holding up mine's rubbing off and really that's, that's even my new pair that i bought from the beginning of the year you can oh, see man. around the edge it's going shiny wow yeah no mine mine are totally fine um 
I also like. I guess I, I might have the benefit of the fact that I have two sets. Like I bought an extra set on day one, and like I am always rotating them to like charge them. So like I'm never using one for too long. But I nine times out of ten, like I have the blue ones on there because those are like the ones I chose to use. You know, so I don't. But yeah, they they look and feel fine still. Mine look and feel fine too, um, unless it's just less noticeable because they're grey. You, they they it kind of is like um so if you hold it it's sort of like the sh- this edge goes like shiny okay and you'll be able to you'll be able to see and, f- and tell i noticed when i bought a second set i bought these splatoon joycons and you can you can tell the difference pixel grabbed his yeah looking at mine i can't see anywhere down on yep yeah, nowhere down on either of my joycons and i've had these two since you know day one launch day do you only have one set i primarily use these ones i do have another set though okay but they don't get used f when people come around okay yeah so uh, that sucks man <laughs> maybe i've just got acid hands that just burn off the that could be true yeah i mean honestly like some people do like ex- excrete more oil from their their hands or whatever so i wonder if maybe it's just like just getting worn down mm. How are they? You just play really intense games. Oh, that That's must true. be it. Yeah. <laughs> how how do yours sit on the Switch? My the reason I bought a second set was they were coming. Mine were coming loose, and uh, the stick Damn. came loose as well. They were they wobbled when they were connected to the Switch. You're having a lot of bad luck. Yeah. I yeah, did have I, a lot of bad luck with my Joy-Con. I haven't I had, had any I of had those the problems. dodgy blue one as well that didn't connect properly. The desync thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get those either. Like I remember day one, like when everybody was freaking out about that, I was like, "This is bullshit. Mine are fine." Did you pick yours up on day one, Steve? Uh, week after. Oh, okay, so they are the launch ones. That's so weird. So it is a day. It is like a launch unit. Yeah. 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 Literally, the only technical hiccup I've had with my Switch period was when was day one, the very first time I tried to connect it to the internet, was like it was like its Wi-Fi was just not good. And I know it has like not a great Wi-Fi chip in general. And I remember I was like, oh no, is that going to be a problem forever on this thing? And then ever since I got it connected the first time, been totally fine. Yeah, I think the only issue I had with my Switch was um, a software one. And that was when, before Splatoon 2 came out, they did the trial thing you could play. Splatnet, I think it was called. Uh-huh. And um, my Switch didn't like it. It completely froze up. Everything froze. Wow. Really? Yeah, I had to go online and work out how to unfreeze it. Whoa. Um, luckily, it was just a case you hold down the power button for a few seconds. But yeah, yeah I panicked the hell out when that happened. That's wild. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll talk more about this when uh, Steve gets his Hori pad, and uh, we've 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 got takes to update Jan. <laughs> but uh, uh, until then, we're gonna wrap the show out with our Undertale discussion. So um, I don't know where do you guys want to start. I, I really want to know because obviously uh, we discussed it last week. I just really want to have uh, Pixel's first impressions and see what he thinks of the game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so prior warning, if you've not played Undertale before, you might want to stop the podcast now because this is probably going to spoil a few things for you. Yeah, and like, I I would implore you to do so. Like, if you haven't played Undertale, don't let us spoil it for you. And don't even watch a trailer for the game. Go in completely blind and just play the game because it is worth your time. And that's like, I... It's one of those things where I think a lot of times when people say stuff like this, people roll their eyes and, you know, but like, just... Take our word for this one. Go in blind and have the experience as intended. So if you're leaving, we'll see you next week. Bye.
Yeah, so I've played the beginning bit of Undertale, and I met the sunflower guy that greets you at the very beginning, who kindly tells you to collect his friendship seeds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, obviously these seeds are they're actually the way you get damaged in the game. Um, there's a, a box with a heart in it. And animations come down and damage you. I, I guess it's called a hitbox. Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. It's like a bullet hell kind of thing. Yeah, so you have to move your heart out of the way to avoid the different animations that the game gives you. And so the initial yeah. beginning of the story is the sunflower guy tricking you, and you're knocked right down to basically one HP. That's how the game starts. <laughs> So I think it sets a uh, a really good tone for what the rest of the game is going to be like. That it's not just a bog standard RPG. Yeah, that I think the 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 ruins, the first level of Undertale, are like such a strong elevator pitch for like why it's a game you should keep playing. You know? Yeah, definitely. I think the introduction really sets the tone to the game. Um, what's the name of the goat with the apron? On? Oh, Goat Mom. That's uh, Toriel. Yeah, the goat mum of Toriel. What the hell is up with her, man? She's like a really creepy, weird character. You think she's creepy? What do you mean, do I think she's creepy? She comes and finds you in an underground cave and then leads you off through these puzzles to her house where she offers you food and a room which is randomly there and then stops you from leaving. <laughs> That's... There's no way you can't say she isn't creepy. I mean, and that's, and that's after she's given you a phone, she keeps calling you, tells you, tells you not to go anywhere, you wander off, and then she manages to find you later on anyway. You ran away from her, and then she's, yeah, she's like pulled you into her house. And she's got your little bedroom and everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, she's so like grandmotherly that like, I'm just like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll stay here and eat some pudding, whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that pudding's probably made from the last kid she found out there. <laughs> so how, how far have you, have you got in the game? Have you left the ruins? Yeah, I think so. So I went outside and I got to the point where there's these two skeleton guys that I've met. Yeah, where you okay. met uh, Sans and Papyrus. Yeah, they're the ones. Okay, so you, like, just met them? Are you, like, still doing the, like, the puzzles thing, or are you done with that? Um, so I, I've met them. I met the first one, and then the second one comes along, and you do a few of the puzzles. So I think I'm probably halfway through the puzzles. If I saved, I, I can't quite remember. So do you remember last week, Pete, I said there was a point when I didn't know if that I could have done it another way? Yes, and, and I what, was going to bring that what up. What did you think it was that I was talking about? I was thinking it was the end of the ruins where you fight Toriel. It was, yeah. So okay. I, I don't know if there is another way, but I ended up killing her, basically. Yeah. There is another way. What did you do? Did, did you kill her too? Yeah, Pixels? I straight up murdered her. She's creepy as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the first time I played the game, I also killed her. Because um, I wasn't aware that you could do anything else. But I'm assuming at this point you guys have maybe been in enough fights, but maybe you haven't realized this. There's a non-lethal way out of every single encounter in the game. Yeah. 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 They go so, yellow and you can spare them. Yes. Um, so you have to just do the same thing with Toriel. Like, there's a whole... You have to, like, go into the conversation part and just do stuff in a certain order or whatever and figure it out. And, like, that to me is, like, a big part of the fun of Undertale, you know, is, like... Um, as you guys get more into it, you'll you'll start you'll learn that there there are three different endings depending on your actions in the game. Oh great! Now I'm really gonna have to play again. If you have to, you have to play it twice if you want to get like the true ending. So like you guys gotta play it two times. If you don't kill her, can you then call her throughout the game? 
on the cell phone. Because her number's in the cell phone that she gives you. And I called her and it was like, you called and no one came. Yeah. Um, or do you not want to spoil that? That's fine. I don't want to spoil don't. it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Because it's it's not a cut and dry answer. Okay. But that will definitely come up again. But I, I, I tried so hard not to kill her because I felt so sorry for her. I was like, I feel so bad. She's here. She's alone. There's obviously been other humans that have fallen down here. And she's sad and she wants someone to stay here. Or maybe she had kids in her bedroom. <laughs> okay, that sounds creepy. But maybe she... <laughs> that bedroom was for kids she already had. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's left her. She's on her own and she clearly wants someone to look after. And I felt really bad. But when she wouldn't let me go... I was really pissed off, and I was I was trying so hard not to kill her because I, I you know yeah I was pissed off at her I wanted to go I wanted to get out of there but I didn't want I didn't want to like cold heartedly murder her so yeah. I I tried I tried so hard to not kill her but I couldn't figure it out so I ended, ended up just slicing her apart. It 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 was definitely more complicated than i thought it would be like i remember the second time around and i spared her and i was like that was pretty difficult to figure out for like the first i kind of think you're supposed to mess up and kill her the first time you know and then you're like oh shit i didn't have to do that crap my actions have ramifications oh no (laughs) yeah because later on in the game like i don't know if like i don't think pixels got to this point but it's not that much of a spoiler they basically say oh you killed someone so I guess if you went through that whole game and hadn't killed anyone, they wouldn't say that. Yep. Yeah, you can make it through the entire game without killing a single monster. Okay. Um, and your actions are... Your actions have a lot of weight. Um, so, so you're agreeing that she is a monster? I mean, she is technically a monster because there are monsters and humans. But... Yeah. Um, I, I don't think she's a nasty monster. I think she was a friendly monster. Well, yeah, but, like, in the same way that I would call Pikachu or Cookie Monster a monster. Yeah, they're <laughs> monsters, but that doesn't mean they're mean. <laughs> I don't see Pikachu rounding up kids and locking them in rooms. She's evil, man. She's, so she's not like, evil! She, she's not, like, Sans or Papyrus who's going on about how they're going to kidnap you and capture you the entire time. She was, she was a friendly monster. She, she made you a nice bedroom. And she was cooking you dinner or whatever she was doing. Yeah, she was probably cooking the last kid she rounded up, <laughs> killed, and then served to you. <laughs> you know what, Pixel? I can't wait for you to get farther in this game. That's all I got to say no, about me that. Neither. I really, really want to discuss it first. <laughs> like, what do you think of Sans and Papyrus? Like, I smiled as soon as they were like, as like a kind of a font nerd, I smiled when they were speaking in the, the names of their fonts. I love that about them. Yeah. I think that's so charming. And that they're like the two worst fonts. Like oh, yeah. nobody, nobody likes those fonts. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I love those two characters. I think their dynamic is just like so entertaining. You yeah, know, they're like hilarious. Yeah, Sans is kind of like the straight man. And like, have you guys seen him pull out his trombone yet? No, I don't think so. No, <laughs> that's that's something that that's gonna come up. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- th- those those two are just a really charming pair. I think, and I think like at the end. Uh, like, that's, that's, I think, like, Undertale's biggest achievement is that, like, the world is just dripping with personality. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, like, every character really has their own, you know, their own personality, their own story, their own, you know, history going on. And, like, getting to explore those things and, and get to know them a little better is just a lot of fun. Like, I even find that the the monsters that you fight or 
don't fight is maybe the case. They've got like their own personality as well. I love that each one has their own attack. Like, I really like the the hilarious guy who's obsessed with muscles and flexes all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the horse guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing that's so cool about it is like you said, every uh, every like mob has their own personality too, and like the like there is a non lethal way to end every conflict, but they're not the same. So like the thing is, every time you have to learn their patterns, not die in the bullet hell, wait for your next turn, and then try and, you know, pacifistly uh, find a solution to, to the, the conflict. And it's it's super interesting. It's different than any other RPG I've ever played in that way, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great thing about Undertale. From what I've played so far, it's completely different from every other RPG I've ever played, to be honest. So the little box in Undertale, the one that your heart's in, like hitbox, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I really, really like the way they've used that in the game, where you've got the little animations based on yeah. like situations or characters. Mm-hmm. You've, yeah, you've got the little frog that jumps across and things like that. It's yeah, and like if you if you piss them off or you um, or you, you flatter them or whatever, then you might get a different animation. Like the ghost guy down in the ruins, where you have to like convince him to move out the way because there's a ghost that on the floor and you need to kind of walk past and like. When his tears start going up and he's like his hat's there and he like he's like oh I call this the dapper look or whatever. I absolutely <laughs> yeah. love that. Did you spare him when you played? Yeah, hundred percent. What about you? Yeah, no, I spared him. I liked his hat. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's his name? It's like um, I don't remember. Oh jeez, it's like sp- spooky something. I don't know, but yeah, he's he's a cool character. Uh, you'll probably see him again too, depending on how you do some stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I think um, that gets especially interesting with the boss fights, you know, and, like, I, you guys have really only had, like, kind of tastes of that so far, but uh, some of the boss fights are, like, insane, and, like, trying to uh, trying to do, like, the pure pacifist run gets nuts. It gets so hard later in the game. It's awesome. Like, the, the final boss fight on pacifist mode is, like, just ridiculously hard. <laughs> It's like it's the one of the craziest bullet hell things I've like ever experienced. Um, so yeah, I, I love that about the game. It's because it's it's unique. It's a very novel thing for a, for an RPG for like a turn based RPG to have like active segments like that. You know. So uh, I'm about two hundred and ten minutes into the game because for some reason they save it in minutes whenever you save the game. <laughs> you think you're about an hour into it. Uh, are you going to continue playing it? this week and then we can discuss it some more next week because i still have a lot i want to discuss about it like something that happened just recently in the game for me i really want to talk about it yeah i was going to play wonder song as well this week so that's one i'll also probably be checking out okay but yeah i reckon i'll complete undertale this week as well so we should be able to talk more about it next week to be honest okay i mean i i should complete it this week as well and then hopefully next week we can uh we can wrap wrap up our thoughts on Undertale. Awesome. So I need to I need to restart and finish the game twice. <laughs> All right, let's I'm do not, it. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be playing the pacifist route anytime soon. No, listen, you guys, you have to play it immediately again when you finish. <laughs> like it, you have to. <laughs> like once you once you beat the game, you'll understand why. Okay. But right. like the true experience of the game is beating it once and then immediately beating it a second <laughs> time. You've got, you've got to do it. It's way quicker the second time. Okay. 
Um, but I'll 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 try to force you on that pitch next week uh, when we when we reconvene here for our Undertale book club. So hopefully, uh, you listeners at home are, enjoyed this discussion. If you've played Undertale before or if you're playing it for the first time now, we'll be back next week to talk about it a little more and uh, let us know what you think about this. I like the idea of us all playing the same game and kind of checking in on it like once in a while. I think that's like a fun thing. Maybe we'll try and do that more frequently on this program. We're in our early days here, so you have a lot of opportunities to really help us shape the show right now. You, you, the listener, you have all the power in the world. It's like you have the, the power glove, so that's pretty good. <laughs> um, anyway. Is that confirmation the power glove is coming to Switch? It is. Rumor confirmed. <laughs> Luke Pot said it. It's Take that one to the bank. <laughs> So that's going to wrap it up for episode two of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here uh, for another episode. If uh, this is your first time, please like the video. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not the video. Like the episode. Uh, subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you really want to help the show out, you can head over to op- Apple Podcasts and uh, give us one of those sweet, sweet five or four, I guess, star reviews. Uh, it really helps the show get recognized since we're brand new. We're trying to break through all the noise. So um, it would really, you'd be doing us a huge favor if you did that. And uh, we also started posting the show on YouTube now. So if you guys are uh, checking out the YouTube version of the show, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and click that notification bell so that you know when we put up these episodes here on the, the YouTube channel. Uh, so, you know, as always, keep up with us at Loot Pots on Twitter. You can get us at LootPots.com. And uh, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast. Bye.